Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Bounds and your wonderful family, I miss you guys so much. To brother, uh, brother and sister up to grave and all the ministry staff of the local Anchor Church and to all the campus churches that are scattered throughout Ohio to all those pastors and shepherds. I bless you in the name of the Lord and so hope and pray that we can be with you very, very soon. I shall come and hook my motorhome up to the anchor and suck power and we will go to Tom's ice cream bowl and we will have a hot fudge sundae with extra hot fudge and extra crushed warm peanuts. Amen. So I'm looking forward to that. I take you today to 2 Timothy chapter number 3, 2 Timothy chapter number 3, and I want to read into your hearing a few verses of scripture for a text, and I'll do my best to preach, amen, what the Holy Ghost would have me say to you, amen. 2 Timothy chapter number 3 and verse number 1, the Bible says, Paul writing to the young man Timothy, he said, this know also. There are three words in our text that I want to address and preach to you. There are words of inflection in the Greek language. And the first word is that second word of our first scripture text, the word know. So you could read it like this. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. That word perilous, not only does it mean evil, but in the sense of that word, it means difficult to deal with. And the perilous times, difficult to deal with times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affections, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent. They lack self-control, fierce, despised of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, verse 5, but denying the power thereof, from such, here comes the second word, turn away. Skipping down to verse number 13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But the third word I want to talk to you about, continue, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. I want to minister you tonight from this thought, how to deal with difficult times. How to deal with difficult times. Lord Jesus, let your word be a two-edged sword into my mouth. Let it, God, speak your word to every heart, to every need, to every life. I pray that the authority of the Holy Ghost would rest upon me and the anointing of your spirit, God, would fall and minister to every home. Let the anointing break every yoke of oppression. Let the anointing break every yoke of depression. We command fear to leave every home. Fear of every mother and father that's crippled them. I pray that today that the crippling of fear would go away and people 
people be made whole and heal tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Send your word to heal as I minister to the beautiful saints of God at the anchor. I speak it in the name of the Lord. Would you lift your hands with me? Father, I pray right now that your divine will be done in the next few moments. Use my lips of clay to speak a word of encouragement. God, lift up the heads and hang down low. Let the word of the Lord have free course. I pray it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I give you the thanks and the worship for the word of the Lord that will go forth in the name of Jesus Christ. Can we worship him? God, I thank you right now. I love you, Jesus. Would you say it with me? I love you, Jesus. You're wonderful, Lord. Oh, hallelujah to God. You're amazing, Lord Jesus. You're amazing, Lord Jesus. I bless you in the name of the Lord. Amen. Please, as you're listening to this, set aside every distraction and let's just focus and let's let the Lord, amen, minister to us this evening. <clears throat> Praise God. I am of a very strong opinion that no doubt we are living in the last days. I remember as a child when I was nine or ten years old, how I was in the Sunday school classroom and while there in that classroom, Brother John, one of the dear precious saints of God, had slipped outside that classroom of our Sunday school meeting and he had took a trumpet and he blew the trumpet and put it to its lips and sounded that trumpet as if to signify to us that the trump of God had sounded and that the rapture was taking place of the church. I remember when he sounded that sound that literally it was at that time a sheer uh, amount of fear that would grip my heart that I said, I heard the trumpet sound, but I'm still here. That's a problem. I remember leaving out the Sunday school classroom and going into the foyer and going through the foyer into the sanctuary of that small church in Anthony, Kansas, where my mother and my stepfather attended at the time. I walked in and realized that my mom was still there. And thank God the trump what didn't really sound and that the second coming of Jesus Christ had not taken place. But that moment, although I was at one time fearful and another time joyful that I didn't miss the rapture, it put something in me in the heart of a young man that to know that at any moment and any time, the Lord Jesus Christ can come. I declare to you and arise on this, from this sacred desk and tell you what Paul told the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 16. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. I want to declare to you that despite what's going on, we have a hope that one day Jesus Christ is going to come and we're going to meet him in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. I'm looking for that day. I want to be ready although we know it is the last days and there is not time. The time is short as we know it. But there is hope of a greater future and a greater hope that Jesus Christ is going to come. We have that hope that is sure and steadfast. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to do everything I can from the tips of my fingers all the way down to my toes to be ready to meet the Lord in the air. Whether I die or I'm alive and remain, I want to be ready for the rapture of the church. For he that shall come will come and will not tarry. I'm looking forward for that day to go to meet the Lord in the sky, to be with him forever. Amen. We have that hope. Praise God. Amen. We understand that 
The Bible is clear. The signs are pointing to the end time whereby we live. But I believe that there are some keys that Paul declared to the young man Timothy that how he is to deal with difficult times. For these perilous times shall come, he said. That means they're going to set in. It is, as it were, not going to get better per se for the world. But I thank God that inside the church, amen, the nucleus of the church is bright and it's great and it's going forward for a great end time harvest of souls and revival in this end time. Amen. I want to tell you that before Paul ever addressed about these perilous times and before he ever penned that word no, that we do need to know some things, he declared to him, he said, I call to remembrance in 1 Timothy chapter number 5 and verse number 1. He said, I call to remembrance of that unfeigned faith that was in thee which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice and I'm persuaded that it's in thee also. He said, wherefore, because of this, I put in remembrance, I'm in 1 Timothy 1 and 6, that thou stir up the gift of God that's in thee, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Before he ever addressed the spirit of fear in verse number seven, he said, young man, Timothy, he said, I see a sincere faith in you that was in your grandmother and that was in your mother and it's also in you. I feel my help coming right now to declare to somebody, you know what, the first thing you're gonna have to do, not just knowing the time that you're living in to deal with a difficult times. You're going to have to know that that faith that was in your grandmother and in your mother is also in you. And you're going to have to stand anchor flat footed and you're going to have to say I'm going to stir up the gift of God that is in me. I just wonder that tonight that if we as the body of Christ that could get beyond all the distractions and all the dilemmas that's going on and we could stir up the gift of God that's in us and understand that God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I believe that there is a clear clarion call to get us back to what our grandfathers and our grandmothers preached and lived in this I believe that that same faith that was in Lois and Eunice that's in you young man Timothy. He said it's in you. I want to declare to this apostle apostolic church at that sincere faith that was in our grandparents that when they were sick they prayed and called for the elders of the faith I'm just believing there is a call back to our apostolic roots that what was in our grandparents and in our mothers and fathers is also in us a call to apostolic prayer a call to apostolic sacrifice a call to apostolic motives and apostolic destiny that God would put I feel the Holy Ghost on me right now I want to declare to somebody get back to praying like you've never prayed get back to having faith in God like you've never had faith in God in the name of Jesus Christ hallelujah to God but of all he declared to that young man Timothy he said I know you've got that faith in you he said I want you to stir the gift of God that's in you he said God has not given the spirit of fear but of love of power and of a sound mind but yet when it comes to this perilous time
times. He moves past the faith for I believe that if you're going to survive and deal with these difficult times, you're going to have to have more than faith. Have to have more than what was in your grandmother and more than what was in your mother and more than just faith that's in you. Yes, you've got to stir the gift of God. Yes, you can't let fear overshadow your faith, but it's not faith that casts out fear. It's perfect love that casteth out all fear. But I am arising tonight to declare to you that the first thing I want to preach to you is that what he told that young man Timothy, he said this, no. I just want to preach to us that word no. I just want you to know that we need to know who we are. We are not the weak. We are not the anemic. We are not just some Johnny-come-lately of some denominationalism and some church of just believe it, grab it. We are the church of the living God. We have been bought out of a, a bondage by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. He has delivered us and set us free by the power of His blood. You need to know who you are. You're a child of the King. You've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ he's brought you out of sin and out of darkness and out of this world you need to know that when you're hurt there is a healer you need to know that when you're in the midst of dilemma there is a deliverer can I just preach to you there's some things that you need to know for Daniel chapter number 11 and verse number 32 but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Don't let fear rob you of what you know. Don't let the past and the present rob you of what you know. We know our God is in control. We know our God is on the throne. He is not somewhere sitting passively by, but God is on the move. For I hear the word when it's said, it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God. I hope you can feel a witness of what I feel right now. It shall come to pass in the last day, saith God. Everybody's saying we're in uncertain times. Everybody's saying we're in the last times. The believer and the unbeliever, those that are bound in sin and those that have been set free, they're all saying it's uncertain times. But I say to you in these uncertain times, in these last days God said I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh you need to know that his spirit is being poured out people are getting the Holy Ghost everywhere people are getting baptized everywhere yes it's the last days but it's not a bad day it's a great day for the church I know in whom I have believed I want to ask somebody whose report you're going to believe I'm just going to believe God's word that yeah it's the last days but God's spirit is going to be poured out upon all flesh wherever you matter of fact right now in your home the Holy Ghost wants to fall once you lift your hands and let the spirit of God I bind the spirit of fear I bind the spirit of fear that's coming to your home and that's coming to your life anchor will you hear this young evangelist 
evangelist, let me declare to you, yes, we are in the last times, but the Spirit of the Lord, He's not hurting. He's not withholding His presence, but He's pouring it out. If you're thirsty, come get you a drink. If you're hungry, come get you some food, because you can taste and see that the Lord, He is good, and that His mercy endures forever. Anchor, I want you to know some things that you need to quit looking at what's going on around you and look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. And so I say, Spirit, I say, Spirit of fear, go. I pray the joy of the Lord be your strength right now. I pray the favor of God come in your home right now. I pray that your hands would be lifted and your head would be raised and say, God, I know you're still on the throne. Woo! Hallelujah to God. Job had lost it all. He had lost his children. He had lost his sons and his daughters and his livestock and lost it all. But when it came down to that place of detriment and destitute and that place of distress, it was Job that penned in Job 19 and verse number 25. He said, I know I I know that my Redeemer liveth. I know you just celebrated Easter a few days ago, but I want you to know it's a trick of hell to only preach the resurrection just on Easter Sunday. You need to get up in the morning and say, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Get back up in the morning and say, I may have lost my job, but he's still alive. I I may be going through the fight. I may be going through the fight of my life, but I know he's in control. Hey, Timothy, you need to know some things. What is it? You need to know it's perilous times, but you need to know I'm bigger, I'm greater, I'm stronger. If you believe that there in your homes, lift your hands and say, I know that he's still alive. I know he's still on the throne. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You need to know that heaven is a real place. Amen. And hell was not made for you. Heaven was a place that he said, I go to prepare a place for you. I'm glad tonight to know that Jesus is alive and he's been preparing a place for those that have made herself ready. I remind you, you need to be in the know. He's going to present unto himself a glorious church, not having spot or recall or any such thing I believe with all of my heart as I'm standing before you tonight that God is preparing his church for the greatest hour could it be what we're going through right now is ironing out the wrinkles it's removing the spots of carnality and unbelief it's getting some things out of the church I believe that God is realigning the body there is a realignment of the body there's an appreciation for my brother 
and for my sister that I'm not alone. I want you to know you're not alone. You're encamped about by a greater cloud of witnesses. That's why you run this race with patience that is before you. You need to know there's a Paul saying, come on, you need to know some things. There's a Paul saying, you can make it. It's not that hard. It's not that difficult. But when you feel like there's no way out, you need to know that God can come in and pull you out. If he pulled you out of sin, he can pull you out of your difficult times. If he pulled you out of your trouble, he can pull you out of your circumstance. You need to know the same faith and belief in God that got you out of sin is the same Savior. He's the same God that can bring you up. I like what the psalmist said. He brought me up out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock. Stand on that rock. Stand on that God that you know that's alive. Woo! Psalms 135 and 5. For I know that the Lord is great and that our Lord is above all gods. He's great. And I know that that comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, that leads and guides in all truth, I know that the comforter will come and be there for you. You need to know what Psalms 91 says in verse number 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. A few weeks ago, I pulled up to a church to do an online service. I sat outside that church. I was battling all kinds of things on the inside. I was in kind of a turmoil and a quandary of just several things that was going on. And as I sat there in my car outside that church where just a few people was going together, the Holy Ghost manifested himself to me. His spirit fell on the car in the car where I was. And he said this to me. He said, if my people can just get into my presence, everything's going to be okay. And when I go to Psalms, and I read what I know and I live what I know and I look at Psalms 91 and 1 he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide on the shadow of the almighty verse number 2 I will say of the Lord he is my refuge and my fortress my God in whom will I trust surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings thou shalt trust his truth shall be thy shield and buckler thou shalt not be afraid thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor the arrow that flieth by day he said in verse number 11 in Psalms 91 he said for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways they shall bear thee up in their hands lest they shall dash thy foot against a stone thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder and the young lion and the dragon thou shalt trample under feet because he hath set his love upon me he hath set his love
love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. I like what the blind man said in John chapter 9 and verse number 25. He said there's some things that I don't know. Speaking of Jesus, I don't know if he was a sinner or not. When they asked him what happened and who did it to you, he said there's some things that I don't know. But he looked at that group of people in the book of John. And he said, there's some things that I don't know, but I do know this. I was blind, but now I see. I wonder how many people that will be one to God in 2020 if we stop focusing on whatever things going on and we remind ourselves I was blind but now I see and I go to somebody and I say what God did for me I know God can do for you how God healed me God can heal you how God delivered me God can deliver you I just know some things I just know some things. Paul told that young man, Timothy, I thank God for the faith that's in you. You got to stir the gift of God that's in you, but you got to know some things. And when you know that he lives and you know he's in control and you know he's on the throne, it was Paul and Silas that was there put in prison. Their feet was fast in the stocks, but there's something else that Paul and Silas had in their possession. They had a knowing that in the midnight hour, you can still pray and you can still sing praises and it was when Paul it was when Paul and Silas they just did what they knew to do they didn't know what else to do they was in isolation they were in incarceration they were in confinement but they knew something if I can keep on praying and I can keep on praising I can call upon God in the midst of my confinement could it be that God is using this so the church will open her mouth again could it be that those that have been silent that saying well there's no hope it's perilous it's difficult could it be that God is trying to awaken the North American church anchor would you hear me right now could it be that your voice it's time to raise your voice it's time to pray like you've never prayed it's time to praise God like you knew that you know you need to praise God and because Paul and Silas was in the know. Was it difficult? Yes. Was it a struggle? Yes. Were they in the fight of their life? Yes. But when they started saying, Jesus, Jesus, we need you. We love you. And they started singing praises. I don't know what they sung, but when they sung praises, God sent an earthquake. It wasn't necessarily to get them out of prison. It was to free the... Woo! 
hallelujah it was to free those that were bound in sin God was trying to sit set the jail keeper free God was trying to deliver him that's why when the earthquake came all the bands were loose that's why Paul and Silas said if they want to get us out of here they come and deliver them themselves but God was trying to reach that jailer and God was trying to set him free could it be that if we'll get back to doing what we know we'll be able to gather back together could it be that dry services are no more dead churches no more we come together saying we know we're about to have a move of God we know we're going to have church like never before we know that God is going to visit us like never before and as God realigns the body of Christ that's the only thing I know to say to you about this is that God is realigning the body kind of like when your back gets out of joint you go to a chiropractor God is realigning some things it's changing our focus it's changing the way we do things why because we know that God still works we know that prayer still works we know that fasting still works we know that God's word is true and every man is a liar we know we just know these things. Amen. We know that God delivers from dilemmas. We know that God still sets the captives free. Recovering the sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. But he said, Timothy, you don't just need to know. He said, he lists all the things of those of the end time. And he begins to describe to them and begins to tell them these are some types of people you're going to deal with in these last days. And he marks them and says them. And then he says in verse number five, he says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. Literally avoid them. Literally have nothing to do with them. I believe you're going to survive these end times. There's some things that maybe you've been connecting with. There's some things maybe you've been doing. Maybe there's some things you've been entertaining. Maybe some friendships or relationships. I understand we got to reach people. I understand we got to win the lost. But Timothy, you need to know there's some things you need to avoid. We don't need to, we need to start avoiding things like this. The church is going under. The church is going to run out. The church is not going to be the church anymore I say turn from that and I start saying the church is going to always do well and the church is always going to grow of his government and increase there shall be no end I've got a word for somebody I'll remind you what Jesus said to Peter he said upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it right there in your home if you believe that raise your hands and would you shout unto the Lord Hallelujah to God. In the name of Jesus. Come on, would you lift your voice and pray in the Holy Ghost in your home. Father, I... Hallelujah to God. Praise God. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. We need to get that word turn down. 
We need some turn from the negativity and turn from the unbelief and turn from fear and turn from failure and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm turning my back on those that are negative. I'm turning my back on those that say, I can't live for God. I'm turning my back on the enemy that says, I can't make it. And I say, I can make it. And I'm going to be okay. And I'm going to be all right. And I shall overcome. I remind you it was by the blood and the word of your testimony that's going to overcome Satan himself. We have overcome by the blood and the word of our testimony. So you start saying, he done something for me. Nobody can take that away. God's been good to me. Nobody can take that away. And so I turn from those that are lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. I turn from those that have a form of godliness but are denying the power thereof. I turn from them and I say, you know what? God's with us. We're trusting God through this. Everything's going to be okay. We're going to deal with this because we know. We're going to deal with this because we're willing to turn. We're willing to turn to avoid some things. Amen. A couple years ago, my, my cousin who was found dead in his hotel room from an overdose or foul play, whatever, they don't know really what happened. But that night when he went to his hotel, my aunt, a faithful woman of God, called him on the phone. She said, Bubba, let mama come get you tonight for, for three days before that day that he died. He would be found in his grandmother's or grandpa's bedroom praying, seeking God, trying to get deliverance, trying to get out of sin, trying to get out from a bondage of addiction, of drugs, trying to get out of his prison cell, if you will. He would lay across the bed and cry in the midnight hour at his grandpa, who was a pioneer preacher, trying to get free from sin. But that particular night, some of his buddies called. They called him to meet him at a hotel. He went to the hotel. My precious aunt, Melody Sadler, called. She said, Bubba, let mama come get you and bring you home tonight. He said, no mama, I'm going to be okay. Just let me be. I'm going to be okay mama, don't come pick me up. And it was at that night that he breathed his last breath. It was at that night he went to his eternal reward. He tried his best to get out of the mess that he was in. He knew where to turn. He knew where to turn, but he wouldn't turn from his friends. He knew that God was a deliverer and a helper, but he wouldn't turn from the influences that influence him. I speak to a backslider under the auspices of the Holy Ghost right now. And I tell you, do not wait for a call of a loved one that's died. Do not wait for the call of someone that says, I knew where to go, but I wouldn't go. Some of you backsliders right now, you've said, well, one of these days I'm going to go to the church and find an altar. But now you're in a dilemma where you can't even come to church and find that altar. But right there at your home, like Elijah did when he met with those false prophets in the Old Testament, he repaired the altar of the Lord. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You need to repair that altar, that past, that bitterness that you got edgeways with your pastor or somebody offended you. You need to turn from your bitterness and run to the altar in your home. You may not be able to go to church, but right now where you are, you can turn from that life of sin. You can turn from that life of mistakes and failures and say, God, here I am. I know and I want you to know 
that as you begin to repent, God is hearing your cry. As you begin to say, I'm sorry, God is a God of forgiveness and he's forgiven you even now with cries of repentance saying, God, I can't do it. I can't make it on my own. I'm sorry. God's saying, come on, I like that repentance because God understands and you know that repentance is the true path of deliverance. I got that call. My, my cousin passed away. They asked me to preach his funeral. I stood in that pulpit to 300 plus people in a packed out Pentecostal church. I stood after the funeral was over with as they had the viewing of the casket. My 24 year old cousin, beautiful, handsome, talented, could have did great things for God. I stood at the head of his casket. I watched backslider. Have you say preacher? You're preaching the backsliders. Yes, I'm preaching the backsliders. It's time for every prodigal son and every prodigal daughter to come home in the name of Jesus Christ. It's time for a preacher's kid that you quit serving God. It's time for you to come home. Let me just formally welcome you back by way of online streaming. Let me just tell you the church is still here for you. Let me just tell you the gospel still works. Let me just tell you the church is like it was when you left it. It's still powerful. It's still anointed. The blood is still here the power is still here miracles are still here life-changing gospel is still here a move of God is still here there's still the move of the Holy Ghost we still believe in the old past and the old ways it's what our grandma did it's what our mothers did and it's in us and we are stirring the gift of God in us we are stirring the gift of God that's in us and fear has no power depression has no power I prophesy to a backslider and tell you what you're going to gain when you come back is far greater than what you got to give up what you're going to access you can come boldly before the throne of grace he's your very present help in time of trouble I stood at the casket of my cousin and I watched his backslider after backslider went by that viewing and they came they came after one person after one person I was able I was close enough to my aunt my aunt that was on the front row by my uncle I stood there as at the head of that casket as backslider after backslider came by and I overheard my aunt as she would hug necks with tears streaming down her face I heard her saying to all those backsliders she told them you know what you need to do you see they know what they need to do but the problem was not what they knew the problem was the turning they couldn't get the turn thing right what was she preaching to all those backsliders she was saying yeah you know but you need to do something about your no and you need to turn you need to turn I'm preaching to somebody right now it's time to turn back to him come on back in Jesus name come on back in Jesus name the death has no power oh death where is thy sting I want you to know that Jesus paid the price to get you free from sin you ain't got to be entangled again with the yoke of bondage but as a good soldier you can stand strong and don't get caught up in the cares of this life and say God welcome me back home Welcome me back home because it's not good enough to know. We have to turn. We have to 
turn. We've got to be willing to turn from some things and turn back to God. Saints of the anchor, I want you to know we're able to come together again. Get in that prayer room and pray like you've never prayed. Get out of the carnality. Get out of the things that's hindered you. All the weights of the sin which does so easily beset us. And let's turn to some things. Let there be a refocusing. Oh God, help me in the Holy Ghost right now. Let there be a refocusing and a repurposing of the apostolic church. Help us to really focus on what matters. Help us to turn from the things that don't matter. And turn, now I'm using the word turn, not in the void, but in the action of turning and an action of surrendering of turning back towards God there's some things you need to have nothing to do with but how do you survive in the end time you got to know and you must also turn you got to turn you got to turn but he didn't leave us just with the knowing aspect and just with the turning aspect of those words of inflection. He didn't leave us just with, I know that faith is in you. And he understood that. And the gift of God needs to be stirred up in you. But he said, you say, preacher, how are we going to deal with this? I like the third word that Paul told that young man, Timothy. He said, but continue. Woo! He said, but continue. That word means remain. It's kind of like a few days ago when I was here in Oklahoma City. Actually a few weeks ago I was in Oklahoma City and I found myself behind a man at a at a stoplight where the light was green. He was in the green position. The light was green. I was behind him. There was no oncoming traffic. Nobody was turning to the left or turning to the right. He was there sitting. He was just looking around and he had a green light. And I don't have a road rage at all. But I'm looking at this guy thinking, look, guy, the light is green. It's green. Go. Just, just go. I mean, put your foot to the pedal and go. He's just looking around. There's no cars coming. I'm the only one behind him. And he was just sitting there. And he had a green light. I just wonder if the enemy is trying to convince us that you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. And you can't do anything for God. But I feel like in the Holy Ghost that God is giving us a green light to continue to continue to have apostolic revival continue to have a move of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I preach to a campus church right now and a campus pastor right now maybe you don't have all the equipment that you need right now to become online but I want you to know that when this thing lifts there's going to be an influx of souls and people back into your church and back into your city and I want you to know don't be like the man at a stoplight with a green light that's waiting on something else to happen but say instead I'm going to continue I'm going to keep on giving my testimony I'm going to keep on worshiping God I'm going to keep on praying to a God that is stronger and a God that is powerful I'm going to remain my feet is planted on a sure foundation I'm going to continue in prayer and continue in worship I'm going to continue in the things that I have received and heard I was glad when they said unto me let us go to the house of the Lord and you may not be able to physically come into his house but right there in your home it can become the house of the Lord it can become where the very presence of God is how are we going to deal with it we're going to keep on continuing we're going to continue. We're going to continue to tell the devil to back up. 
We got a green light. We're going to keep on believing God for miracles and signs and wonders. We're going to keep on submitting. We're going to keep on giving of our time, of our talent, and our treasure to the things of God. Acts 1.14. These all continued steadfastly. They all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Acts 2.42 and verse 43. They continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship and breaking and bread we'll get to that maybe later but right now we're going to continue in doctrine we're going to keep on fellowshipping with God in prayers and notice what happened and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles how? because somebody continued steadfastly when did the signs and miracles happen? when did fear fall on the church? it was after they just kept on continuing in the apostles' doctrine. We're going to keep on preaching repentance and water baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost and living in a separate life from the world. Colossians 1, If you continue in the faith grounded and settled. What about this one? Hebrews 13, 15. Offer up the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Woo! Continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Would you lift your hands with me right now? Would you do that, Father? Woo, hallelujah to God. We praise you and love you. We worship and lift you up right now, God. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, would you, wherever you are, lift your hands and begin to praise him and say, God, I'm offering up the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of my lips, giving thanks to his name. First Timothy 4.16, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine continually. Continue, continue. I've got a word for the apostolic church. Continue being the church. Continue preaching doctrine. Then it'll save yourself and continue in them because you'll save yourself and them that hear you. Got a question for you. Do you have a Goliath in your life? Is there something that is insurmountable that you are facing right now? A family situation, a faith situation, a finance situation, whatever that it is, however that it's going on, whatever dilemma that you're in right now, whatever difficult, some of you, it has nothing to do with what's going on in our world, but it's a personal difficult situation. Whatever that it is, if there's a Goliath in your life, we find that young David, that shepherd boy, that was just obeying what his daddy asked him to do. He was just in obedience to the father to go check on his brothers. You see, but when he got there, he knew the name of the Lord. He knew that his ability, he didn't have what it took. But he knew that the past victories of what protected my father's sheep and possessions will be the same victory that's carried on to protect my own brothers of my flesh and blood of my father that I'm here to check on. So when you got a Goliath in your life, no wonder David defeated Goliath. He knew. He turned from the voices of his brothers that said, who do you think you are? Come on, you can hear, you can hear that spirit of our age saying, who do you think you are? You don't have the ability. You don't have the talent. You don't have the treasure. You don't have what it takes to defeat the Goliath of your day. Well, 
If you'd have told me that a long time ago, maybe that had worked on me. But I know in whom I have believed. I know David, he knew the same God that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the mouth of the bear, who delivered me from this uncircumcised Philistine. He had some knowledge. He had some understanding. And when he stirred that thing in him, he said, I'm going to do to him what I did to the things that attacked my father's sheep. He knew, and then he turned from the voices of his brothers. What did he do? He continued marching toward that enemy with a sling in his hand. I come to you not with sword and spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord God of hosts. Who do you think you are as you should defy the armies of the living God? You see, when you know and you turn, whew, God of mercy, when you know and you turn and you continue, you'll be able to take Goliath's own sword out of the sheath and cut his head off. Because victory happens when you know and you turn and you continue. It's just a part of the package. It's part of what God can do through us and in us in these last times. Say, Brother Burns, how do you deal with difficult times? Well, you not only have faith, you not only stir the gift of God that's in you, but you must continue to know and have faith and trust. I'll fall in the hands of a loving God. Some trust in chariots, but some in horses, but we remember the name of the Lord God of Israel. We can trust him when we can't trace him we can believe in him when we don't know where to turn or where to go we have to know we have to turn we have to continue i'm inviting the praise team to come and lead us in a closing song right there where you are i want to pray over you father in the name of the lord jesus christ would you lift your hands father i pray right now that you would encourage the body of christ in zanesville New Lex, Crooksville, McConnellsville, God, all the other cities where there's campus churches, I pray right now in the name of the Lord. I pray that God, your power and your glory be with those precious people. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.